Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Dewey Oxberger of Lake Linden, Michigan. Dewey will win a marathon decal showing he watched 26.2 hours of his favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at Law & Order Podcast. Com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Carolyn Payne, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today, we're looking at SVU, Season 2, Episode 15, Countdown. All three were killed three days after they went missing. All three were found in water. Sophie escaped on her third day. Six blocks from the East River. Kirsten begins her third day in the morning. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. Hey, Kevin. How are you feeling today? How's your voice holding up? It's all right. Some of you may not know that I recently had I had a second surgery and I sustained a, an injury to my larynx. Yes. So I'm supposed to be resting my voice. And if you heard the last episode, it sounded like I had a cold. It and sounded sexy. It sounded sexy. I don't have a lot of range <laughs> yet, but uh, it's it's getting better. So I apologize. Less but that's, sexy. That's but... why I sound like this. <laughs> but somebody who sounds perfectly nice and healthy is our guest from the Big Little Podcast, Carolyn Payne. Hello, Carolyn. Hey. So Big Little Lies is back for season two on Yay. HBO. Yes. How you liking it? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I think Meryl Streep is just elevating an already incredible show to a whole new level. She is uh, terrifying, intriguing, awful, yet so deliciously wonderful. She's everything you needed her to be. (laughs) (laughs) She's turning into like a horror film almost, right? Like just so much suspense every time she's on the screen. Yeah. I kind of am having nightmares about Scary Louise. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Are you a short person? I am a short person, so I do feel personally violated. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, on Big Little Lies, Detective Quinlan is not doing a great job solving that case. Do you think (laughs) Lieutenant Olivia Benson would do better? Uh, You know what? Olivia Benson would obviously be sympathizing with these women. (laughs) (laughs) She would obviously be incredibly emotionally invested in in the uh, victims that the women, well, especially like Celeste is. So I would have pushed him down the stairs, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Benson would have been like, look, girl, I feel (laughs) you. You have a personal relationship with SVU, do you not? Uh, I do. Yes. So uh, I am I am an actress. And uh, several years back, I uh, got cast in an episode of SVU. Um, I know. And then my like one line got 
got cut, but uh, oh. I am I am in a scene. I do have like a good yell in there where I get to yell at Craig. Oh. But I had this scene <laughs> where I was in a bra with slut written across my chest, as every mm. every actress oh. on that show ends up doing. Um, Seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we were filming outside like late at night, like, you know, downtown. And it was so cold. And in between takes, uh, Mariska Haggerty is so awesome in person. She actually took off her winter coat and like wrapped it around me. Uh, wow. At one point, I know over your slut bra, okay. over my slut bra, yeah. And uh, the director was like, "All right, we're gonna do like three more takes of this." And uh, she could tell, like, I mean, I was just freezing, and and uh, she was so sweet. She like hit me on my butt to like pet me up to get me going. So nice. I have very fun. I was so impressed with her because like she works incredibly long hours, yeah. and uh, you know, I just had a very very small role, and she was like so warm, and she just has such great energy on set. So she was exactly the Olivia Benson that I wanted her to be in real life. And you got cut, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and then I end up on a cutting room floor. But like uh, I said, I mean, I am in this scene with with uh, with Cragen. But uh, I hope you got paid either way. You do, you do. Good. But I mean, Good. it's just not the same amount of glory. Carolyn, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team. Oh, easy, Benson Stabler. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, hands down. Next question. Yeah. Stabler never slapped you on the ass, though, but okay. No, he wasn't on anymore by the time I filmed, which was a big disappointment. And who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. You know, I really liked Casey Novak, I think was fun. Oh, the blonde. What's her face? Cabot. Cabot. Yeah, Alex Cabot. Uh, and I always, I liked that they gave her like a lot of character arcs, you know, with going into witness protection and then going to Africa. So I liked, I liked her. Faking her death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's look at the first half of this episode. SVU season two, episode 15, countdown. Just to know, we're going to be talking about fictional detectives investigating fictional sex crimes against fictional victims. So if you still find that especially heinous, you may want to try another one of our episodes. Hey, impatient rich guy in the luxury car, <laughs> don't run over that sack of potatoes that fell out of the back of that sketchy van. It's actually a little girl who had been kidnapped and raped. We got a stranger child abduction with a confirmed rape. Name's Sophie Douglas, eight, grabbed four days ago, escaped last night. Where are we on it? We know the guy owns a white van. That's it. No make, no model. Put out the word to other houses. Start running known pedophiles through DMV for van owners. We're on it. Benson, Stabler, interview the girl. Their suspect drives a white van and has bad teeth. Little Sophie says the kidnapper broke down her captivity into three days. A picture day, a party day, and something he said would be her special day. Ugh. First they grab a sex offender who just violated his parole for, no shit, possessing a clown wig. <laughs> Stapler wants to get home for the twins' birthdays, and Benson wants to go on a date, but Cragen says, you can go home after this plot twist. Mm. Another girl has been kidnapped by a guy in a white van outside of a store. SVU fears he'll go back to his three-day pattern. Sophie's mom refuses to let detectives ask her traumatized daughter any more questions until a judge compels her to. Sophie says the kidnapper fed her candy corn way out of season. That's when they turn up several unsolved murders where candy corn was found in the victim's stomach. They were all murdered three days after being kidnapped. Well, Sophie's mom doesn't want them to ask questions that are going to upset her. Right. And Stapler doesn't blame her. I wouldn't put my girls through it. You don't know. 
<sighs> would you let the cops grill your kid right after being kidnapped, Rebecca? I think it would be a very tough call to make. I think that the show maybe did a disservice to how tough that would be by like just talking about how annoying the mom was that she wanted to like, I don't know, stay with her traumatized daughter for five minutes <laughs> while she was being asked about ha- being held prisoner for three days and being raped repeatedly. I think it's fair as a parent to want to protect your kid from that. Although I do understand why in this case it was particularly important for Benson to be able to sit down and have that conversation with the puppets with little Sophie. I mean, <laughs> they have to get information. Like I'd want justice. If this was my kid, if little Sophie was my kid who wandered into the back of a van and was kidnapped and put through princess parties and force fed candy corn and punch or whatever the hell she was fed for a couple of days there I would be like no we need to nail this bastard like talk to her as much as you want get information and also like you could see I mean they have that whole like kid interrogation room I mean it's not an inter- <laughs> like the, you know it has like stuffed animals and puzzles and crayons like it is the least intimidating looking place yeah it's got a little chairs yeah yeah like Olivia yeah. is like all hunched down in her little tiny toddler chair <laughs> trying to talk to her like it's fine uh I would I would totally be fine as a parent letting that occur one thing i would not be fine with as a parent uh are the two cops just walking into the exam room while my little daughter is having her rape kit done like stabler in particular is allowed to just walk into that exam room yeah. i'm just gonna turn my back that makes it okay that was so weird and of course of course though because he's stabler he's behaving as if he's never been part of a rape investigation before right so <laughs> when the doctor tells him some horrible fact he's like oh so she was Raped. Yeah, that's why they called you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, he he really needed that doctor to spell it out for him. Now, uh, their first lead is Oliver, whose conditions of parole include not performing as a clown at birthday parties. <laughs> so first, like when he drives in in his white van for work, there's a sign on it. So to you know get around the Constitution, Finn just pulls the magnetic sign off off the side and says, oh, look, it's an unmarked van. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great scene. And also totally like betrays the set design department of Law and Order SVU because clearly if you had a painting contracting business like you probably wouldn't have a mag you probably have a painted van. It's a different kind of paint. Right? Yeah, yeah I know but but you probably wouldn't have that stupid magnet and like. No, a lot of people do that. But isn't that how magnet. they make them for TV too is they just like yeah. magnet up the cars. <laughs> yeah my favorite the, the white van thing my favorite line in this episode is Olivia says we're positive this is the guy and Munch says Unless there's a white van driving dentally challenged pedophile convention in town, I'd say yes. I just loved that. I was like, yes, Munch, ruling the snark. <laughs> but I mean, this is a great Munch episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, honestly, like, uh, Munch is kind of wrong there. I feel like if you are a pedophile, chances are you do have a white van. You probably have gross teeth and. Uh, that it does not seem, I mean, I don't know. I felt, I feel like when I was growing up, like if you saw like a panel van, you were like running from it. Cause that was yeah. definitely <laughs> somebody who was going to kidnap you. In fact, to this day, if I see a panel van, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I know this generation is so soft. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just when, when they think they can go back to their regular lives, work gets in the way. <gasps> Everybody stays. Why? man in a white van grabbed another girl. So how about this? So they're all trying to bail, but really, 
Cragen is still there. <laughs> He's there working. It's like, no, if I got to stay here, you're going to stay here. I'm going to rush and find you before you... I mean, if they had all gotten in that, that elevator and disappeared 30 seconds earlier. Like a second sooner, Olivia would have gone on that date and maybe been married with children by season four. Oh, I know. I know. Alternate timeline. I know. <laughs> Didn't you always want it for her? Um, the sliding doors. <laughs> yeah. Yes, literally. Yeah. And what a great birthday party that would have been for the twins. I know. You know, and maybe his marriage wouldn't have the, that like rocky part. And yeah. I mean, things could have been so different. It, it could have been it could have been great. We might have seen a whole other whole other thing. But instead, they just were a little bit too late with that elevator. Yeah. And I feel like this is a lot of the seas- early seasons. Uh, Olivia Benson. It's like this theme where she's just trying to, like, get some action. On a yeah. date. Yeah. And it's yeah. just foiled by her own job. Like there's the episode where she shows up to the crime scene in like a black sparkly cocktail dress. <laughs> and uh, then that episode where she was like on a date and or, or about to go on a date and she has to like spend the whole day, the whole night instead on the phone with a girl who's like been kidnapped and she's like in her date clothes the whole time. <laughs> now we do have a Hey, It's That Guy. We do. Hey, it's that guy. Who is the actor playing Squiggles the Clown? See? I told you I didn't do it. I'm innocent. Now, if you don't mind, I'm getting not so fast that it chuckles. Anyone know? No. I do. Who is it? That's comedian Jim Gaffigan. Who Shut looks like up. shit in this episode. He looks like no super way. shit. No oh, way. I feel so thwarted. No. <laughs> My whole world is shook right now. I'm so embarrassed. How did I not recognize him? Because he looks 100 years older in this episode than he, he looks now. And this episode is like 100 years old already. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, good for you, Jim Gaffigan. Good yeah. for you. He like duped me. That's like that's like Tony Collette level duping. Yeah. <laughs> he's bald in this. Yeah. He's like really overweight. He looks fucking terrible. I mean, something tells me that I, I don't want to know anything about Jim Gaffigan except what I've seen on, you know, uh, and the things he's been in. Yeah. Something tells me he's undergone somewhat of a personal transformation between then and now. We well, got scared off by Ice-T. That's <laughs> a bad life. Uh, so, yeah, Jim Gaffigan from the Jim Gaffigan show. Uh, he's pretty much had a, a career as a stand-up comedian, and this is his second of five appearances in the Law and Order universe. Really? Yeah, most of us probably remember him as the lead in the commercials for the 2017 Chrysler Pacifica. <laughs> <laughs> he is in a lot of commercials. Yeah. Hey, nothing is wrong with commercial work as an actor. Let <laughs> never, me tell you. Never say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us pay our bills with commercials. All the embarrassing ones. <laughs> All right, well, I'll give you a second chance here. Do you recognize the actor playing the... You know, random senior assistant district attorney, Charlie Phillips. I got a head shake. I got silence. No. Okay. No. But he's, hey, it's that guy. You recognize. I've him. seen him. Yeah, yeah I've seen him. But <laughs> I, I feel like I'm about to feel real stupid again. So go no. for it. Well, that's <laughs> no, that's Jeffrey DeMunn. He's had 11 appearances, nine as Professor Norman Rothenberger on Mothership huh. and Trial by Jury. Huh. Counselor, I am a public servant, and the public at large does not want this boil on the butt of humanity 
living to a ripe old age. Classic A, it's that guy. Right now, he is playing Chuck's rich father on Billions. Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh. where you know him from right now. Huh. I don't watch that. So now I don't feel I don't feel ashamed. All right. Good. That's a show I pretend that I watch on Twitter so people think I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> Rebecca, you, you swear that we have a Hey, It's That Girl. We do. Hey, it's that girl. Who? Mrs. Douglas. I don't know the actress's name, but I know what I know her from because she's in my favorite movie. What's that? She played Joel's mom in Eternal Sunshine for the Spotlight. What was the name of that character? Joel's mom. Yeah. <laughs> and in this one, what's her, what's the character's name? Mrs. Douglas. And what's her Sophie's first? mom. Sophie's oh, yeah. mom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no more. This is enough. I am taking home now. I I know her name. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm not kidding. Her name is Debon Air. Debon Air. Yes. <laughs> Seven Air. That's a good name. I'm not yeah. going to forget that again. She's married to actor Rob Morrow. Really? Yeah. Oh. From uh, Watching Billions. He's also on Billions. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say uh, Northern Exposure. Wow. That was a lot of six degrees of separation. It was. It was. <laughs> that was uh, a challenging round of that. <laughs> hey, we also do have a, an actual, an actual, hey, it's that girl. Uh, can you identify the actress who is playing eight-year-old Sophie? He said he had more puppies in his van, and I just wanted to see them. I love puppies. No, I only know this. Wasn't she on Desperate Housewives? Yes. Yeah. That's Andrea Bowen. She was Terry Hatcher's daughter, Julie. Huh. So I only know this because uh, for Big Little Podcast, we recently, the actor who plays Gordon was interacting with us on social media, and uh, so we're trying to like lure him to be on our podcast. And <laughs> I was like, this guy seems real thirsty for some attention. Has he ever done anything else? And then, you know, so we start digging and he was on Desperate Housewives. Ah. But he looked so different. Like he was very, very handsome. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up going back and like seeing this just this week. I was like digging through Desperate Housewives. And then when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, hey, it's that little girl. <laughs> so perfect timing on that for me to get yeah. that answer right. Yeah. Well, so, well, speaking of looking different, you know, I'm doing the research. I got to ask, is it wrong to look up these actresses today and think about how hot this 30-year-old is, knowing that... I know. She played this, like, horrible, yeah. okay, little character. It's yeah. sad. You have to position it right. It was like, hey, that eight-year-old actress is hot now. <laughs> now. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> so trying to get a lead on the new kidnapping, Munch tries to make friends with the overworked t- crime tech by saying, hey, you see that public payphone that no person <laughs> has ever wiped off? Can you dust it for fingerprints as well as every quarter inside it? Yeah, that whole scene was so procedurally awesome. Uh, We have the beleaguered Middle Eastern, of course, store owner, who's 100% also played a villain in Homeland. I'm totally sure of it. Any distinguishing characteristics? The teeth. The teeth were very unfortunate. Unfortunate. And then you have that dude clutching the violin for no reason. Who's yes. like, she's, she won't do well in these temperatures. I think he had a machine gun in it. I was, I thought it was like a 1930s Like gangster. a 1930s gangster movie. <laughs> and then you have the classic Finn, let's pull the Luds on the payphone, which is a classic Finn line, is it not? We only yeah. know what Luds are because of Finn Tutuola. Someone's got to pull the Luds. <laughs> Well, you know, I, th- I think about like fingerprinting all of that, and it's probably not such a, a tough job to do the the quarters inside that payphone because it's only going to be a buck fifty these days, right? Probably, yeah. No one's using right. that, right? Because by then, cell phones were 
a thing. Now, they go from, you know, the widest net possible to the smallest. Right. Which, because the only description they have of the suspect is, you know, uh, the tooth angle, and Finn starts to work that. Any luck? A lot of bad mouth mothers here. Buck tooth, snaggle tooth, mangle tooth, missing tooth. I thought you got a little more on the pedigree. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be great if they went, you know, to get a warrant from the judge. And yeah. Like, Your Honor, he's got a snaggle tooth I and just a kept, van, so. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I just kept thinking, like, Steve Buscemi was definitely going to be in this episode. <laughs> right? <laughs> they made such a fucking big deal out of these teeth. Yeah, I was and like... I was actually, like, let down by the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the perp's actual teeth. I was like, well, I feel like Sophie was just overreacting here. <laughs> like, she was scared. Like, they weren't, they really should have, like, you know, given him some fake teeth or something to really make those scary. Yeah, hey, Sophie, have you seen your own baby teeth? Fuck you, you know? Yeah, yeah, seriously. I, I feel like Steve Buscemi is the only actor that could have even come close to having, like, scary teeth for this. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, they wanted all these files on unsolved kidnapping murders, and, like, out of nowhere, there's this wall of boxes mm. that's above people's heads. And they're like, what? I was like, did no one see this guy with the handcart bringing in... <laughs> All these boxes, they turn around like, where did all this stuff come from? Yeah, it's good detective work there. After that great scene with the payphone, though, we should have expected more. I feel like they're all just still flustered because their nights got fucking ruined. Like, yeah. Olivia is still just so <laughs> trapped in the demise of her social life that she didn't, she failed to to look up here. <laughs> There's also one other issue is the format of this episode is one of these old ones. It's like a square. Yeah. So it means all the actors have to stand super close together in their mm-hmm. scenes. And anything that doesn't fit in that square has to be a discovery for the characters. Uh-huh. So they, they can't see it because we can't see it because that's part of this tiny little square but, shot. But for fuck's sake, the boxes are, are taller than the hand <laughs> truck would be. So somebody not only wheeled it in at two in the morning, yeah. but also had to start putting them up and lifting them and nobody notices. Yeah. Good job, detectives. Mm. But I'm really worried about like the people who come in at nine o'clock and they're like, the fuck happened to all our boxes last night? <laughs> I was going to go through those. Okay, so we learned that the Snaggletooth kidnapper also purchased out-of-season candy mm. to feed the kids. Dude, that's what's going to kill them. Don't strangle <laughs> them. Just give them some more out-of-date Chinese candy. Well, we have an answer on the teeth, though, right? I mean, we oh, yeah, know. Oh, what... <laughs> yeah. He loves that candy corn. Can't get enough. Candy corn is such an interesting... It was like an interesting choice, I felt, for like a seasonal candy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like if you're going to because they wanted to make it like an obscure one. But I feel like Cadbury mini eggs would have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Like the inside of those. Like just, no, those are the cream no, eggs. No, not oh, like the, the Cadbury eggs. eggs that are like the fake <laughs> eggs covered oh, in chocolate, yeah. like that ooze. No, I'm talking about just like those like crisp mini Cadbury yeah. eggs. The oh, ones, yeah. yeah. Hella good. With the crisp shell. Yeah, they are yeah. hella good. And I would have been like, I, I mean, maybe we would have been too sympathetic with the with this kidnapper rapist if he was yeah. doling out Cadbury mini eggs. Yeah, we think he was actually kind of nice. No, we don't. But candy corn is like gross. Yeah. Like have you ever tried like to it. eat like a ton of candy corn though? I like it. Ugh. I'm just going to go on record as really? saying I'm one of the really? eight people who actually likes candy corn. <laughs> well, we know what the medical examiner is going to find in your stomach. I had to do this this article for a blog once uh, in a magazine uh, about pairing Halloween candy and wine. <laughs> and, 
And let me tell you, I've never, I've never been more sick in my life. Like the, 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 after doing this and, and writing this, I, I was like never needing to touch much candy again, to be honest. But candy corn was like the one that did me in. Yeah. You know, it was a blog. You didn't actually have to drink the wine to eat the actual candy. You could have just said, you know, I did it. Merlot goes through. <laughs> no, I suffer for my art. I'm real. Uh, Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, now let's look at the second half of this episode. Working from clues from the earlier murders, SVU is working around the clock to find Kristen before it's too late. Guy's probably a loner. Impulsive, socially marginalized. Okay, well, is this a smart guy or is he just fickle? He keeps changing his hunting grounds. I mean, we're dealing with a salesman, maybe a mover. Leads on the payphone outside the store show a brief call placed to Saul, who claims not to have remembered it. With reluctant help from Queens detectives, Benson and Stabler re-examine suspects from the previous murders. At Clayton Mills' house, they find party balloons and the landlady stuffed in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Clayton on the run, the detectives learn he called Saul, hoping to pawn some items for money. They set up a sting with Saul to draw him out. After a lame chase in a straight alley... He's captured, and Kristen is found safe. But Clayton wants to make a deal, take the death penalty off the table, and he'll reveal the identity and location of his very first kill. After some hand-wringing, Cabot agrees in order to give answers to one more mother. All right, everyone's working around the clock, and they're starting to get crabby. Insert montage. <laughs> hey, Munch, why do you do this? You always do this. He puts the lid back on an empty can. It's just my way. I'm getting coffee. Damn it. This place is a big oh, You're the one who said no janitors. Oh, thanks, Olivia. It's my fault. First off, I let Finn won't share his eye drops. <laughs> can I have some of that? No. Please. No. Come on. Can't share eye drops. That's how you get pink eye. <laughs> That's how you get pink eye. (laughs) Yeah, that's some sweet wisdom from Finn. Sweet wisdom from Finn. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Finn has a lot of good wisdom. Like, I I, I think, like, he really, 
I think of all of them, sometimes he has the most common sense. Yeah. <laughs> I would take advice from him. Can we talk about the fact that Munch grew a whole beard in this <laughs> <like> three-day period? <laughs> yeah. Like, Olivia's hair is just a little mussed up. Everybody probably smells. We don't know. But, like, Munch literally grew a whole beard in this three-day period. Yeah. You look like you <laughs> slept on a sewer grate. <laughs> he does. He that does. guy, by the way, is my favorite. The guy, <laughs> he, he has, like, multiple women. Like, he keeps implying he has multiple women. And I, I, I just, I cannot, I have trouble believing that. I would take him downtown for questioning just based on the fact that he keeps talking about a girlfriend and some other women calling him. I'd be yeah. like, no, nah, you're a liar, dude. Let's go downtown. Like, yeah, show me the receipts of these dead. chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a scene where Benson and Stabler argue and they actually have to be broken up. Yeah. We proceed under the assumption she's still alive. You know proceed, that. Proceed, proceed. What are we going to proceed to? What are we going right, to do? All right, get a few minutes of rack time, both of you. You take a nap. I'll let you know how it turns out. Screw you. Screw you. Not that's enough. Both of you. Okay, I mean, get a room, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it fun to watch our favorite characters uh, bicker with each other like this? Yeah. I feel like Benson and Stabler have, like, they they, they kind of have that, you know, that kind of connection. I mean, and I guess that that was, like, the whole thing on the show, that, like, will they, won't they? But uh-huh. I always see them as kind of like this, like, almost like a brother-sister. Ew. <laughs> I, I know, ew, because they do have kind of that sexual tension, but they, they fight, like, I mean, because they just, they know each other so well. You know, like, people that you work with like that, it's like a whole different kind of relationship. Even if there is that, like, sexual tension going on, there is, like, that, there's just this, like, intimacy from having worked together and being so embedded in each other's lives. When When they fight, it becomes so much more intense like that i loved all the undercurrents of tension in this episode like there were basically like four things causing tension that were more tense for me than the missing child you know one of them was olivia's date another Mm -hmm. one was you just fucking knew stabler was not going to get dickie and his sister a birthday gift you just knew it you just knew he wasn't the whole time what's her name sister dickie and what's her name dickie and what's (laughs) maureen kathleen colleen whatever that sister is and also there was the underlying tension of like what was this guy's teeth gonna look like but like yeah yeah, i mean when you have that kind of tension going on you do sometimes bicker with people closest to you and that was a little bit of of a moment of realness and we can't expect that elliot and olivia are going to be bffs all the time right 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 yeah so there's this subplot of course about everybody's not able to do the stuff that they need to do and apparently stabler's upset that he can't get the the twins' birthday present. But Kathy doesn't mind. She doesn't mind. She's an angel. What does she do? She shows up at the station with the twins. Yeah. None of the other kids, just the twins. Just to see him for a second and give him a nice brand new, still in the package, clean shirt. This is the best present a guy's ever had. Thank you. Elliot, got something. Which he immediately rejects and hands back to her and runs back to the squad room in his nasty old shirt that he's been wearing for three days. <laughs> did you notice that, Carolyn? <laughs> I did. I did. You have one thing to do to make your wife happy, and that's to literally change your shirt. You can't do this one fucking thing. I thought just like in that moment, because he got called and like he's in the middle of something, he just kind of like he was about to take it. And then, you know, he gets called away and he just literally shoves it back at her for some reason. I assume she like leaves it on his desk and maybe he'll change into it later and be less smelly. I would hope so. Yeah. So I kind of, I I sort of gave him the benefit of the doubt there about what was, uh, what was going on. But yeah, Kathy is, she's amazing. Like (laughs) he doesn't deserve her usually. Agreed. Uh, And isn't that the point of the scene, right? Stabler, you don't deserve your wife. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, sort of building on a different arc, you know, you're, you could be better. Your marriage is affected by your hard work, blah, blah, blah. 
It's not her marriage. She doesn't care about the hard work. She cares about him being a dick later yeah, when their marriage yeah. when their marriage goes. Into, she seems completely fine and like completely accepts the idea. Like this is your job. You have to do it all the time. I'm willing to come to you if I need to and whatever. And bring you a toothbrush. And bring you a toothbrush and a yeah. shirt. Just the don't favorite be. A, she's doing herself. Just don't actually. be a dick. Yeah. That's all she wants is for him not to be a dick. Yeah, I know. I know. I always. I feel so bad for Kathy. Like throughout. The whole entire season, everything that she's on throughout this, her whole journey, like their marriage troubles. And then when she gets pregnant again, and then she gets, they get in that car accident mm. where she goes into labor with, a, you know, and Olivia's there with her because he couldn't take her to the appointment. Yep. Like, I just am always like, oh, Stabler, come on, this lady, like, she just loves you and she just wants to be loved. And then it's such a horrible juxtaposition because there's Olivia who... You know, she's basically out there in the world alone and can't even can't even make it to a date. Can't even get it in. <laughs> yeah, she can't. She just can't bang one out. That's true. <laughs> she's willing to catch any dick and she just can't. No matter how many cocktail dresses she puts on, she is never going on that date. <laughs> I'll right, just skip over the landlady in the closet i mean they did they didn't they, even react yeah <laughs> again like they don't want to you don't want to talk about that investigate like let's let's just kind of pause everything else and deal with yeah. this that's a big fucking issue but or react yeah where they're yeah. like well we gotta leave so we're gonna leave this dead body here someone else gonna have to come in <laughs> yeah start doing this crime scene whatever the fuck i mean even a seasoned cop you would think if they opened a closet any dead body felt would be like ooh. Or like, ah, or like, oh my God, yeah. nothing. They're it was like, like, oh, it was thank a- God it's not a kid. <laughs> it's just this old lady from Atlantic City. Yeah, they're so unfazed, I guess. I guess that's, the, it's like in the movie Clue, you know, where they just like open the door and they're like, oh, it's another one and just shut the door. <laughs> that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> uh, so they wait for Clayton in this very sketchy alley. Mm. And then the white van pulls in and then it stops before Saul's car. And Clay's like, bring it over here. Drive closer. It's like, no, you drive closer. <laughs> you stopped your murder van 50 feet away. That's right. In Why least, is that suspicious? In the least subtle sting ever, where we, where we as viewers, even in the tiny box, can see all the dudes on the roof and can <laughs> see like all the cops all around. Yeah. And we think Clayton's not going to be able to see that. Well. And Carolyn, he tries to make a getaway, and the chase is a straight line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do they really bring in a stunt double to do that scene? <laughs> yes, yes, they would. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I feel like that happens a lot on this show, right? Where like the the perp tries to get away, and and it's just like they literally are skipping in yeah. <laughs> like in place while Stabler just like tackles them. <laughs> attacks <laughs> like a jaguar. It's a very busy production. I mean, they've got women in bras freezing everywhere. <laughs> so right? they're just like, we can't spend three days choreographing this chase. Yeah. No, they're like, they're like, get this, get this guy. Like, let's just make this scene happen. I mean, also like, you know, they have to keep in mind, like they, their episode, you know, they only have so much time in the episode and they spend a lot of time on this episode focusing on a lot of other, you know, non-important stuff to the <laughs> yeah. to the crime. So there was very little time to show a great chase scene. Yeah, but aren't you glad when they arrested him that you were able to see the teeth? You were just But like, I, like I said, it was like anticlimactic. I was like, really? Those are the fucking bad teeth? Like, no. Yeah. They weren't great. They were just kind of like British. They were unfortunate. They were unfortunate. Yeah. That's right. They were unfortunate. They were unfortunate, but they weren't like scary. They weren't monstrous. Yeah. yeah. Sophie really built up those teeth for us. 
So in the end, the dilemma is uh, death penalty or give some sense of comfort to one family that doesn't know their child is dead. Hmm. Caroline, I'm going to start with you. What would you do? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of the death penalty, I guess. I don't know. And, but the comfort to the family who doesn't really know, I, I don't know. I guess I'd go with give comfort to the family. Rebecca? Yeah, I don't believe in the death penalty, so that's an easy one All right, for well, me. Let me. Let me change the math. Let's <laughs> okay. just say life in prison versus yes. he wants something. He wants something less. Uh, life life in prison. Life in prison, yeah. So you wouldn't yeah. make the deal. Yeah, you know what the thing is, though? Like, if, I don't know. I mean, can't you just lie to him and say we're going to give you something less uh, you and then tell the mom? No, you can't do that. No, you absolutely can't do that. As somebody who watches Law & Order all the time, yes. I think you'd know that. <laughs> all of my legal knowledge comes from the hours I've spent watching the show that I probably should have spent going to law school. Let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. This episode takes cues from the real-life story of Scottish kidnapper and murderer Robert Black. While living in London in the mid-70s, Black purchased a white van and took a job as a long-distance delivery man, using them to snatch young girls and dump the bodies in remote locations. Through the 1980s, police began to connect several child murders around the United Kingdom to an aging man in a white van. A national manhunt failed to uncover the kidnapper's identity. In 1990, a postmaster in the Scottish village of Stowe witnessed a six-year-old girl get dragged into a blue van. While describing the crime to coppers, Black returned to the neighbourhood to make his package delivery. Black pled guilty to kidnapping and molesting the girl. While serving his life sentence, Black admitted to being in Edinburgh the same day in 1983 that five-year-old Caroline Hogg was snatched and killed. Detectives began looking at him for the string of unsolved murders. Using work orders, petrol receipts and eyewitness sketches, the Crown charged Black with three of the killings. That concluded one of the longest and most expensive murder investigations in British history. Robert Black died in prison in 2016. Now, as a young man, he was a lifeguard and was accused of fondling a girl. Ew. There, he oh. worked at, in a bookshop and started to collect child pornography. Ugh, right? He had frequent body odor, wet his bed, and liked to insert things in his anus. He also drove a fucking van with black <laughs> curtains over the windows, and still, nobody thought he could be a kidnapper. Jesus, he sounds like a real catch, too. Yeah. Sign me up for that. How are his teeth, though? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, did he use candy corn? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Everything else about him he was He was in the UK, yeah. after all. They're not known for their wonderful he teeth. Wouldn't have snapped, no uh, offense, guys. He wouldn't have stood out. No, fun fact, you know those kinds of vans uh, in Britain are called transit vans. That's what they're called. Oh. And every freaking British mystery I read or listen to, which is a million, uh, they all have criminals in transit vans. That is a very popular theme, and I have to think it might come back to this. So time. it's an international problem to look at a, you know, if you see a van, you run. Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. don't it park translates next to a van. in every language. <laughs> yes, it translates well all around the globe. <laughs> Vans equal creepy. Perfect. Good to know. Now, now, if you wanted to snatch a victim and dump them somewhere else, is there a better job than you can have than sort of being a freelance van driver? 
No. No. I mean, that's that's just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know every back road in the country. You travel them all day long. You pick up somebody in one part of the country. You dump them in another. Uh, you're not, like, maligning, like, UPS guys right no. now, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because they're fine. They're totally fine. You're talking about the freelancers. I thought, yeah. Nobody gets kidnapped by a UPS fan. Like that Do new, they? I've never heard of that. That new weird Amazon service where they uh, just like pay people. Yeah. That would be a good twist for it would. An, a, a Law & Order episode. There was the UPS guy all along. Uh, they knew because he wouldn't take any left-hand turns. He'd have to take one, two, three, three right-hand turns to That's go where he needed to go. That's a very inside piece of knowledge you have there, Kevin. Yeah. So in, in 2009, long after this SVU episode aired, he was tried and convicted in Northern Ireland for a child's murder in 1981. Huh. And they narrowed it down to him because he was the only one of a handful of drivers who would drive into Northern Ireland uh, with you know packages during the Troubles. Right. Right? Uh, you know, fear that like someone would send a package bomb. So think of this. He was willing to get blown up by the IRA if it meant he could hunt little girls. Yeah, he liked it that much. He liked it that wow. much. Wow. Jesus. I mean, that's, that's commitment, commitment. <laughs> at least. <laughs> you know, like, he loved being a kitty rapist and kidnapper so much he was willing to die for it. He was like a yeah. kamikaze kidnapper. Yeah. But also a patriot. <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. He's believed to be involved in 19 unsolved kidnapping homicides wow. between 1969 and 1987. It's a long time. In the UK, Ireland, France, and Germany. That's a long time. It's a long time. To be an active. big area. And yeah. I guess you could see how they might have had a problem sort of connecting all of these different crimes, certainly before computers were tracking these kinds of things. You mean like Manhattan and Queens? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Candy corn, whatever. Do you think that like the Irish detectives would go down and talk to the French detectives and have to meet in a diner and the French detectives would give them attitude? Oh my God, and get into a pissing match? <laughs> the French detectives would give them attitude anyway. But yeah. The so French detectives the... wouldn't care how tired you were. They will get into the pissing match. <laughs> And the Irish ones will start a fight no matter what. <laughs> no, they'll just walk out of the room without saying goodbye. <laughs> the long. They <laughs> said, I'm going to the bathroom and they'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, look, say what you will about Robert Black, but a horrible person he was. But think about this he had just kidnapped a girl, he had made a clean getaway, and he says, Oh, you know what? I still have to deliver this package to the neighbor. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's how he gets caught. Oh, my God. Well, like we said, he has demonstrated a high level of commitment, I guess, to yes. both of his jobs. Both yeah. of his jobs. Yeah, his delivery man and a kidnapper. His vocation and his avocation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think there comes a point in a criminal's career, if you're a career criminal, uh, where you just start getting cocky because you're getting away with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where I, I think like trouble comes out because now you're just so cocky. You're like, nah, these shitheads aren't going to catch me. I'll just do this and they aren't even going to notice. <laughs> so that he just was, he had just gotten cocky. Like he's like, yeah. oh, look, I can kidnap kids and deliver these packages. Boom. Watch right. me. Or he's he's working on the gig economy and hasn't quite committed to a side hustle yet. Yeah. Right. You gotta remember yeah. this is before Amazon Prime and it had to be there. That's you know? true. That's true. Hey, that's gonna do it for us. We want to thank our guest Carolyn Payne. Carolyn, where can our listeners follow you online? 
On Twitter at Carolyn Payne, on Instagram at C underscore underscore Payne. That's at C Payne. Uh, and then definitely check out uh, the Big Little Podcast. Uh, so, and that's online at thebiglittlepodcast.com and on social media. Can't wait. Yeah, and your chainsaw business, too, sounds like it's doing really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that it's great? There's a murder happening in the background. Of this yeah, whole don't episode. pay attention to the body being cut yeah. up in the room next to me. Just. <laughs> Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act. Fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.